Blue Wire Podcast. Welcome into your weekly Browns game day crossover uh, episode uh, between All Eyes on Cleveland and the OBR Film Breakdown presented by FanDuel. My name is Brad Ward. I am the host of All Eyes on Cleveland and the great Jake Burns of the OBR Film Breakdown is here with me. How are we doing, Jake? Brad, I'm great, man. Another Sunday. We This season is is flying by. It's already college football championship weekend. It's This has been the fastest football season I can remember, to be honest. I don't. It's gone by in a blink of an eye. It is flying by. Um, and uh, a wild array of upsets in college football. Uh, well, I... I guess they're upsets, but they, they were upsets, but they were very, they were very plausible. Like yes. they, 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 we, it's, it's a weird year of who's good and who's bad in college football. Yeah. No runaway Heisman really. Right. No. Weird year for no. the Heisman. I don't, I don't know who's going to get that. Who's going to get it. You think I probably Caleb Williams still gets it. Still I gets think it. He still gets it. Yeah. I think his, he's kind of carried that place okay. uh, in my opinion. And he's, yeah, he had that turnover late, but up till that point, he was hobbling around and doing all he could and making some hero throws. So, yeah, I still think he wins. I mean, it sucks for Stroud because if he had just handled business, right, like yeah, he had a chance to win that thing because no one's really, really, really run away with it. But I think I think it goes to Williams. I think the the fact that the, the undefeated team, Georgia, Michigan, don't have guys that could win it, right, it leaves yeah. it open to a one or two loss guy who's carried his team. And I think that USC team without Caleb Williams is probably winning like I don't know, seven games, maybe. So yeah. yeah, I think I think it goes to him. Um and now it looks like Ohio State has a very good chance to get in. Right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We're sitting here watching. I mean, it doesn't help when Michigan loses, so you guys are listening to this, you'll already know this answer. But uh Michigan is hovering around with Purdue at half, and that would be a I don't think it would would really put Ohio State's chances out of the water or anything, but uh, it wouldn't help if they lost. But yeah, right now they're in, and I think with TCU losing and and um, obviously USC, I think you got a potential to see a rematch of these two teams as the 2-3. I think that, I just think when the committee looks at it, really, you don't have to have a bunch of craziness, in my opinion, to, um, to, to get this game, and I mean, why wouldn't you? It's got, you would draw so much money, right? Yeah. Like, the end of the day, they're they're worried about making money. The ratings would be off the charts. I don't really know why you wouldn't want to run Ohio State and Michigan back uh, in the in the spotlight. It would be some bonkers TV ratings, and I I do think Ohio State is better than TCU. I just I, I'm, not, I'm not even being a homer on that. TCU is fine. I just think Ohio State's being largely diminished by a quarter of football, a quarter of football that went sideways, and like people are making sure. dramatic assumptions about them. I don't think this team's that like. I don't think they're great, but I think they're still really damn good. There's a lot of NFL players on that roster, and I think they can compete with pretty much anybody. So these uh, takes where Michigan is infinitely better, and yeah, Ohio State failed in the fourth quarter. So does yeah. that mean they should just be done? You know, I don't see it that way, but um, we'll see. But I think that two three would be great, and then it comes down to whether you want to put TCU in or you want to put uh, Alabama in. I would hope they would go TCU because TCU kind of fought there, in my opinion. Uh, pretty well against some dramatic odds, and that's kind of been their mo this season. So I think that would make sense as a one-four. But I could see Alabama because yeah. it'd be kind of fun to be a pseudo uh, SEC showdown and Big Ten showdown to to find a winner. But yeah, 
and that's like the future of this whole thing with super conferences and whatnot, right? We get mm-hmm. a little glimpse into the future there, but yeah, so uh, that'll be wild if uh, if that comes to fruition where you get Ohio State Michigan in the semifinal. I think that would be pretty crazy. Be pretty fun, kind of like the um, what was it last year? College basketball, the Final Four, Duke and Carolina had never yes. met in the tournament, and yes. And uh, Ohio State and Michigan have never played more than once in a season, at least I don't think. So it would be kind of cool to see those two run into each other for a second time. Yeah. My opinion, uh, at least. Yeah, absolutely. And the Ohio State fans are praying for that opportunity. So uh, at least I think so, right? I it don't should know. be. They should, should be. be. I mean, I think Michigan's fine, but I mean, I don't I don't think that's an unbeatable team by any stretch. Right. I just think Ohio State played a bad quarter, and I think they let the pressure of everything in their lap build up made some poor decisions schematically made some poor decisions coaching and uh if they play with no fear i think it's a pretty dangerous team man i really do agreed all right well we've got uh a uh a game day our game day edition show this week is uh the browns and the texans and there's a football game there is is a football football game. game yep it is there is a football game, and it's uh it's been one that's probably highlighted and circled or starred or whatever on your calendar for some time, uh, as Deshaun Watson will make his debut, uh, for the Cleveland Browns as the you know franchise quarterback hopefully for some time, um, and uh, we're gonna talk about it here, so uh, let's dive into that. Uh, you know, we mentioned uh, off the top the show uh, OBR film breakdown presented by FanDuel. FanDuel's lines here for this game, uh, Jake. Uh, seven and a half point favorites the Browns are, and the over under is forty six and a half. Thoughts on that? Sounds right to me. Um, Texans, even when they've played some good games against teams, have kind of been a touchdown loser. So you know, lately they've they've been kind of putting things. I'm not saying they're packing it in and done for the year, but I think they've put some things into perspective about their chances to really compete. And it's showing up in some efforts here and there. They're, they're beat up a little bit. Cooks is out their best offensive weapon. And then Stingley, their first round corner is out. So those things don't help for uh, a team like, like, like Houston in this one. So we'll see. I think seven and a half feels about right though. I, I, I do. I think it can tempt people both sides of that line. Yeah, that's what they're trying to do there. I think I heard a stat somewhere that they've lost, I, I don't want to say how many it is, but like maybe five or four or five in a row by more than a touchdown. So, Yeah, it uh, sounds right. They've been yeah. struggling lately. Yeah, it's been a struggle. So this one is in Houston at NRG Stadium, and we were kind of having a discussion off air. NRG Stadium is a retractable roof uh, stadium, which we have deduced will likely be closed unless you hear otherwise i think that's how we're going to approach that so either way weather will not be a factor in this one um you can't no, no weather it, it would be like so at 67 it's yeah they'll keep it closed i don't i mean i think they they'll still I think it takes severe nice weather or on the flip side I, I think they tend to keep that thing closed more often than not so yeah, yeah. weather won't be a factor it'll be a controlled environment obviously an environment that Deshaun Watson's pretty comfortable in, so it's a nice yeah. uh, opportunity for him to get back to at least a place that feels familiar to him from a, a, an environment standpoint. I'm sure the hostility will feel just a little different than what he's accustomed to there. <laughs> yeah, I think so. I I get the feeling a lot of Browns fans are going to be there, though, too. That's what I heard. So, it's what I'm yeah. reading on the Twitter streets. 
that's what is that at. uh the Browns are traveling and listen I I don't I don't think it's some great big secret that the Houston faithful right now don't care for this team they don't see a no. direction for it people that cover them seem to talk about the Astros and Rockets more right yeah. now they're just really not that interested I struggled to find a Texans guest this week um that was worth everybody's time and uh, yeah, they're just you know it's it's a it's a really interesting franchise in a spot where they're not I mean I guess they're rebuilding but they don't have the coach in place they don't have any pieces in place that get people really excited right now so there's just very little attention and I think a lot of people aren't going to the game probably don't even want to be involved in the game uh, some people will go to boo I'm sure but it seems like a lot of Browns fans have snatched up tickets for this game so it should be a heavy Cleveland lean this game will be on CBS for those of you viewing uh, in the comfort of your own home or in a bar or wherever. But uh, and Spiro Didis will be uh, on the call with Jay Feely and Aditi. What a name! What a name! Spiro Didis. Yeah, right. Uh, we got yeah. Spiro Didis, Aditi Kikawala, and Jay Feely here on the call. Aditi's on the sideline, obviously. Jay Feely and Spiro Didis, yes, uh, on the call. And it's not my favorite crew, but it is what it is. It's the, yeah, it's not bad, not bad. They're 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 uh, the NFL will be happy to get this game over with. I think yes. put it that way. Um, yeah. I would say it'll be interesting. Feely had some comments on Cade York earlier this week about his kicking issues and plant foot, and I wanted to write on it, didn't get get around to it, but uh, we'll we'll see what he has to say about Cade and all that too, because people were kind of attacking Corby York as the holder. And giving him some of the blame because mm-hmm. his history says so. But the holds have been fine this year. Snaps and holds from Hewlett have been fine. I think Bajorquez has been fine. It is a step issue for him. And, um, you know, we'll see if uh, Jay Feely has any on-air thoughts about that from his obviously wide range of experience. So that's the only little nugget I have about the broadcasting group. And obviously, Aditi's been around the Browns a lot, so she might have some intel too. Yeah, she'll, she'll be plugged in. And, uh, yeah. Uh, Feely, in, interesting. Uh, you know, kicker on the call. Get some kicker, kicker analysis, call. right? That's what we're so, looking for. Yep, perfect. That's what we're looking for. Uh, all time, the Texans lead the Browns seven to five, Jake. Uh, and but the Browns have won the last two, and Stefanski coached both of those, so he's two and zero lifetime as a head coach against the Texans. The last meeting, of course, last year, week two. Browns won 31-21. Baker, uh, Reagan, Mayfield, uh, injured, non-throwing shoulder, uh, begins the decline of uh, his career. To this point. It's a pivoting point in the franchise, that moment, how yes. that all shook out. Um, Schwartz getting a lot of blame. I didn't think he deserved for that throw that was off the mark, and Mayfield trying to make a tackle. And, yeah, it was all downhill from there, and we're ultimately here against the Texans because of that moment. I really do think that there's a chance they – they could have just hung on to Mayfield, right? And I, I, I um, think he would have obviously at 100% healthy. I'm not sure how well he would have played last year, but he would have played better. I don't doubt that. But it's always been a measure of how much is is Mayfield's better worth, right? That's always been sort of the question. And that shoulder sort of sped up the what is Mayfield worth discussion for Cleveland and yeah. for some desperation. And that's why we're here now. So, yeah, good good point there. I, if I recall, the last, last one was one of Watson's – last few games i would imagine uh, of 2020 which have been the last few games he played nasty weather uh in that one in first energy stadium browns won 10-7 i believe um yep. on the nick was that when nick chubb had the breakaway and stepped out of bounds or stopped down at so. the one yard line yeah yep so yeah that was an ugly one watson was fine i think he ended up throwing for a touchdown but they were that was a bad texans team and then the one before that 
I think the 17 Browns went to, or no, the 18 Browns went down to in our or, uh, to Reliant and uh, the, the Watson played pretty well and they blew they blew Cleveland out. I think that was a Kevin Hogan start. Yeah, that's what it was. Kevin Hogan. I'm not even looking at this right now. I promise. This is just going off memory. That was the Kaiser year and Hogan 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 had a he had a good game against the Jets early in that season or something like that where he came in and. They're like, we're going to start Hogan. He was so bad down there, so bad, and they got blown out. But that's that's just off the top of my head. Someone can fact check me on that. But uh, you're, yeah. you're just absolutely stunning me with your recall today, Jake. It's it's ridiculous. So, which leads yep. me to the next, uh, you know, point here or uh, part of this uh, analysis of this uh, game, and that's the Browns uniforms, which will mm. be all white. And uh, for the first time in a while, man, a long time. A so, you know, off air, you know, as Jake was just showing off his recall a moment ago, or not showing off, but it's ridiculous. I can't believe that you can just remember that stuff. But by memory was literally going week by week, the Browns uniforms through all of last year and this year, which is absolutely stunning to me. But uh, what did you uh, deduce here the last time they were all white? Well, I, I I just make a lot of cover photos for our website, so I just have a a decent callback. I'm not as font. I, I wish I was, or I would uh, probably be working somewhere really important. Um, they they wore white. Uh, white on white is not a huge Kevin Stefanski look. He prefers the white on brown for just random road games. That's his thing. Um, the thing I would say is he might have some things at play here. Road games against the AFC South. He might say we're wearing white on white. I think maybe because the last, I don't know if they played an AFC South team on the road last year uh, off the top of my head, but they, they wore against the Jags in 2020. They wore all white for that road game in the uh, Joe Schober bowl. And then they wore all white again on the road for that preseason game this year. That's the only two true all white modern uniforms. Now, they wore the all-white 75th anniversary uniform several times last year. We have not seen them. We've heard that they're in play this year, but they have not worn them this year. Yeah. But uh, that is an all-white combo. But, yeah, as far as, like, the true your Cleveland Browns of the modern era, white-on-white uniforms, they don't wear much. This is a trend we need to track, though, here. If they're going to do the all-white uniforms only for road AFC South games, we'll see. We'll keep it yeah. try, uh, try our best to keep a track of that. But... They, uh, yeah, they're wearing the white for the first time in a regular season game since I was like week 10, week 11 of 2020 off the top of my head. Something like that. Yeah, I, I like them. Yeah, I like it's one of my favorite looks. It's classic look. All the important Browns games of the, the late 80s, early 90s. A lot of them were in the white. So, yeah, man, they should wear that more. It's one of the best looks in the NFL, in my opinion. It's clean. Yeah, it is for sure. Like it. All right. Let's talk uh, fan duel. Props. Do what do you got? You got anything uh, uh, spicy, Jake? Yeah, we talked about the seven and a half line. Um, myself and Henry Edinger did a parlay of the week. We liked we liked the seven and a half number for Cleveland. Uh, we did not like the over under of 46. We took a look at passing yards. Watson was only at 184. Or sorry, um, most passing yards in this one. Watson was at 184, negative 184. I feel like that's a given, at least in my opinion. Um, but in terms of over under passing yards, Watson's 237, yeah. probably a pretty good line. Kyle Allen's at 208. I feel like Watson will be just over that, is uh is my best guess. Nick Chubb's a 95 and a half rush yard total. I would feel better about the under. Damian Pierce is a 67 and a half. I'd feel good about the over from him. Kareem Hunt's 31 and a half. 
Also feel good about the over for Kareem. I think they're going to give him a lot of work in this game. Receiving yards, they gave it to us again. Chubb and Hunter both at nine and a half. I really like both of them with this quarterback, new quarterback who does like to get the football to his running backs. I dig that number. Harrison Bryant's only 23 and a half, quarterback that likes tight ends. No Njoku. We had really liked the number for um, uh, D- David Njoku's number, but that obviously is not going to shake out. So, yeah. uh, you know, as Michigan breaks a long touchdown here to start the second half, okay. looks a little bit, uh, looks a little similar to a couple weeks ago. Yeah. But um, yeah, those are the interesting ones to me. In terms of uh, what we like to do with our long shot stuff, you can get some same game parlay stuff with the with the wide odds. There's the uh, touchdown scoring props, which I like. You can get a Nick Chubb scores the first and last touchdowns for twenty nine hundred, which is good. You can get Damian Pierce uh, scores the first touchdown. Nick Chubb scores the second touchdown. You can get that for thirty one hundred. So those are some fun touchdown scoring props. Always like to hit those. Uh, any others stand out to you? No, I you know I I think uh, I, like we said about Harrison Bryant, um, and then you know once again I just so a couple that just look like high you know win percentages that I I kind of like here, uh, Amari Cooper over four and a half catches, Donovan People Jones over three and a half catches seem pretty plausible to me. Yeah, yeah, I think I think Watson's going to throw about twenty eight dropbacks. Uh, I wouldn't expect him to go any more than thirty. Not many. I just don't think game flow will dictate that. I think they're going to be a ton of runs in this game from both sides. So we will see. But yeah, those numbers feel pretty low and pretty safe to me. Yeah. Uh, so I like that uh, there. And then um, there's one here, one more, and then we're going to we'll go to break and we'll get to our three keys to victory here. But I thought I saw another one on Kyle Allen that was interesting. Yeah, so uh, just for what it's worth, and this isn't like, you know, this is just a random, uh, somebody here picks a best bet for Kyle Allen to go uh, under the uh, 70% win rate for Kyle Allen to go under one and a half touchdowns thrown. I like that. I thought we threw two last week, but it feels like there's a real opportunity to get him at one in this one. So I I do like that as well. Yep. So there you have it. Uh, this is once again, like we do every week for you, uh, the blue wire crossover Browns game day episode, uh, Texans edition, uh, presented by FanDuel, all eyes on Cleveland, the OBR film breakdown. Uh, we will, uh, be right back after the short break for your three keys to a Browns victory. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. And we're back. Uh, I am Brad Ward, the host of All Eyes on Cleveland. That's Jake Burns, the host of the OBR Film Breakdown, presented by FanDuel. Uh, Three keys to uh, a Browns win this week, Uh, Jake. We're going to go ahead and uh, let you kick it off here. Yeah, let's do it. So this one, I I mean, 
doesn't have to be overly difficult. It starts and ends with stopping Damian Pierce on that side of the football. If you take him away, make what he's trying to do, their power run game inefficient. They have two pretty good tackles, but their interior guys are pretty rough. Um, and I think if you, and I mean, it's no secret, the Browns interior guys are pretty rough too, but if you can find a way to control that aspect of the game, then you put it all in the lap of Kyle Allen. And that is a, that is a nice formula to have. So uh, I think that's paramount that they do not allow a game where they just can't stop the run. And then you just can't stop the run. And it's like, okay, we need to load up the box. We need to have second level defenders triggering downhill quickly. All of a sudden the play action gets hit and somebody like Nico Collins is wide open and it's a touchdown like that. Can't it can't be I mean, it's just, it's a pride thing in my opinion, in this game, they cannot let that happen. That is the singular most paramount key for me in this one, to be honest. Yeah. Pierce runs hard. He's a violent runner. He's tough to bring down. So they need to tackle well there for sure. Uh, I totally agree. Uh, I'm going to kind of build off of that too. As you mentioned, Kyle Allen, and he'll be making his, what second start this year, second straight start. He did throw two picks last week. You know, you should be able to get some pressure on him and you should be able to get a takeaway, whether it's a strip sack or an interception, but this defense needs to be opportunistic and get a takeaway from uh, Kyle Allen at quarterback. Yeah, man, pull the football away from him somehow, some way, sack, strip sack, whatever, right? Cause a fumble, cause a bad choice in the passing game, a tip ball. Tip ball, yeah. yeah. They, they got to create some chaos with him. They cannot let him have some 13 of 20 game where he throws for a couple touchdowns, one on the goal line. Like, that can't happen. You got you to right. make this guy render him ineffective. So totally with you on that. Um, my second one is a smooth process, man. Like, I don't want any issues getting plays in, right? Communicating on whatever it is, uh, getting a play from the hut coach to the huddle, getting anything called at the line of scrimmage, snap count, false starts. Can't have any of that stuff. Guys aligned in the wrong places. And on defense, you can't have any bus, right? You can't have any, I was supposed to be this run fit defender, or I was supposed to be here in cut in quarters. Like they cannot make things easy on Houston. They, they just, they can't. So that to me, the process has to be smooth, seamless. You can't have any mistake plays that give away free points in this game. Uh, that is going to be a really effective part of this thing because, you know, again, you're a, a Browns team that is now 12 games into a season and has a bunch of guys who have been together for a while and they cannot beat themselves. I think the only way you lose this game is if you beat yourself. And and that is uh, why I think that the process being smooth is pretty important key. Yeah. Right there with you. Mine as well is, is unforced errors, right? So, you know, silly penalties, don't shoot yourself in the foot. You know, stay ahead of the sticks. You know, the the trust level for the Browns to beat a bad team this year, it just doesn't exist because it, they haven't earned it, right? So yeah. you have to see this all the way through. And uh, they have to be 100% aware as if this was, you know, no matter who they are playing, they can't take it lightly in any sense or way. Uh, and uh, or else they, they will get exposed again because you know they they have to um, focus has to remain on defeating the Texans and uh, not defeating themselves and, and they have at times this year just shot themselves in the foot and been their own worst enemy it can't happen this week they have to be taking steps forward in that that aspect of their uh, operation. Yeah, building on what you're saying there and really what I'm saying with the process, they just have to win. I think, you know, you're talking about people don't trust them and what have the Browns done to earn our trust, right? Miami has 
Miami's up 30 to nothing and a half on these guys. There are a lot of examples of teams who have just been running on the Texans, taking advantage of them, making it a very uh, unimportant second half. It has happened quite a few times to them. So it's not something that couldn't happen, but the Browns haven't earned our trust on that. Maybe things change with Watson here over time and I get it and it could get there. But for me being like, yeah, 14 point route, definitely feeling that lock. That's not a thing I feel. I mean, it shouldn't be that way. I think the Browns are better. I think they win, but it has a chance to be a really ugly game. You know, new quarterback is in new system. There could be some miscommunications, put the ball in the wrong spot. There could be some, um, what do they call this playing in the muck here in this one. But yep. in that battle, in that process, they just have to win. The, the disaster of all disasters would be going down there and losing when you have everything in front of you. It's likely the Bengals are going to lose. They're going to play the Chiefs. It's likely you're going to have two straight uh, games in division to, to get everything you want back on track a little bit here. You have a chance. And if you go down there and you have a disaster strike and you lose this game in Houston to a team that doesn't really care about their season at all at this point, that would be terrible. So to me, I don't care how pretty it looks. People are probably going to want it to look real pretty because they're excited about the shiny new toy at quarterback. But to me, it's just win. Get one more point than the other side and keep getting better uh, as this this process is still new for, for Deshaun and, and the offense. It's a resetting, in a sense, here a little bit. So yeah. you just got to win. Yeah, you know, not which is a weird, it's a weird off. key to have, right? Just, just win. That's the key. It is, so. it, but it's the <laughs> ultimate key, right? Like, so you know, knock the rust off and win, right? Like I, like you said, this is not for me about uh, statistics for him or how it looks. It's about accomplishing a couple things, and uh, uh, that's getting him out on the field, getting some of that rust uh, knocked off, uh, getting him up to NFL game speed and winning the game and moving on, making it two in a row and keeping uh, the potential or the, uh, you know, thought of playoffs alive. That's it. Mm -hmm. Just keep it alive. And uh, so part of that, though, as well, for especially on the defensive side of the ball, for me, Jake, my final thing is, you know, they have put themselves in a position where I think they did last week. They, they play, you have to play with desperation and play desperate, and they did last week, and they have to continue that this week. And a lot of that comes with energy and, and uh, hopefully they would not come out flat with the energy surrounding this game and uh, Deshaun Watson's uh, debut. But yeah. uh, also just, you know, play, they got to play desperate. That's the, that's the situation they're in. And, and, and football teams tend to play well when they're desperate. You hope. There have been times we've wanted them to be more desperate this year, and they've, they've, they've no-showed it, right? Correct. So that's been frustrating. But although this game has a, a potential to be like, you know, the Eagles went there for a Thursday night game, and it was ugly, and they just did enough to get it done. Like, this is a, you know, we go, we're going to play the Texans. We think we should win. This is whatever, whatever. It's a 1 o'clock kick. It's a, it, would be a, it would be a dead set trap game, sleeper type effort game if everything was a status quo. But getting Watson back, what you hope is it heightens some of the attention to detail, gets everybody just a bit more dialed in, focused. And I think that's going to be uh, really important. It's actually nice. A lot of the things surrounding this game are nice. Like, you get Watson back in a game in an environment he's comfortable in, a team he knows very well, ease him back in. He brings everybody's temperature up around him, all that stuff. So a lot of things trend in the Browns' favor, but they got to show up and do it. Um, they're down a pretty nice offensive weapon, as we know in David. So they're going to have to just uh, find ways to get it done, and I think they will. But again, you never, with this team, to our earlier point, show me it, brother. You know, I don't, I'm not going to sit here and feel confident and arrogant about you until you continually week in and week out show that you deserve that type of treatment, right? So that's that's where I'm looking uh, right now. Correct. And and stay healthy. Slide. Yep. Slide, yep. Deshaun. 
yeah, everybody. You don't want to come out of this game losing anybody really important. So we hope that fingers crossed, knock on wood, whatever you do for yep. good luck, that they they uh, have that work out in their favor. Absolutely. So uh, game day tomorrow. Uh, join us at the OBR for pre and post uh, on Twitch or YouTube. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, uh, check out uh, all of Jake's stuff. To a tr- absolutely amazing article at the OBR this week on uh, everything the Browns could potentially do or may do with Sean Watson or may already be doing with Sean Watson. Uh, and uh, so go check that out at the OBR. Uh, some, what, like 40 uh, video slides there uh, in your article, Jake. It was really good work and amazing, amazingly done. Well, thanks, Brad. I mean, yeah, it was a lot of slides, a lot of effort to uh, put together a Kyle Shanahan-level presentation to present to uh, the people of Cleveland to show them what Deshaun's done well and what they could do with him in the future. I don't think everything's going to hit right away. I think they're going to ease it back in. They're going to put in some of the wrinkles to things he likes, but not everything all at once, but they'll get there. But it's just to show you like, oh, this is this is the guy. This is why they like him. This is why they did everything they did to get him. And eventually, if they if they put it all together, this is what it could look like, man. So exciting stuff. Check that out. But if you don't get a chance to check it out today, just check out the damn game because that'll tell you everything you need to know. So good stuff, Brad. Good pod, man. Uh, we will both be on pre and post game, I'm sure. And we'll have our thoughts for you there. And we appreciate you guys showing up. Uh, this has been another edition of uh, Blue Wire Crossover Browns Game Day uh, Breakdown Preview uh, from Brad Ward of All Eyes on Cleveland. That's Jake Burns of the OBR Film Breakdown presented by FanDuel. Uh, we will uh, see you on the other side of this one. Go Browns. Go Browns. Go Browns.